Hi, I'm Andrea Tallison, an anti-diet intermittent fasting coach, and this is the Intuitively Intermittent Podcast. My mission is to provide women who want the health benefits of intermittent fasting with the community, resources, and coaching they need to not feel stuck on yet another diet. This podcast is one of those resources. Please be sure to seek out medical advice from a doctor or healthcare provider, as this podcast is intended for educational purposes only. Thank you for being here. Now, let's dive in. Hi, everybody. This is Andrea, and at the time of recording this, it is middle of April, uh, April 18th, 2020. We are well into the, we're about a month into the stay-at-home orders where I live in Pennsylvania for the coronavirus, which none of us saw coming uh, six months ago, but it's been a while since I've recorded and I've been working on a few things and wanted to record an episode today. Um, yeah, so the the goal for today's episode is to help demystify intuitive eating as it pertains to the intermittent fasting community. So I wanted to, my hope by the end of this is that if you practice intermittent fasting that you'll have a bit better of an idea as to what intuitive eating is at the end of this episode. Uh, Okay, so officially what is intuitive eating? Those words by themselves, um, you know, people combine them um, and it may not be evident that it's actually a thing, (laughs) um, in quotes. So um, Intuitive Eating is a book, um, first and foremost, and it's a, uh, so the official title is Intuitive Eating, a Revolutionary Program That Works, and it's by two registered dietitians by the names of Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch, and if I've mispronounced their names, um, I'm thinking they will never hear this, but hopefully you will forgive me if you know I've mispronounced them. Um, The first edition of that book was released in 1995, and there's been a couple other editions since then, one in 2003, and then another in 2012, and um, they are currently taking pre-orders for actually the fourth edition of this book, which is coming out in June of 2020. And I'll have links to those um, books if you're interested within the show notes. And so from the tagline, um, it was a revolutionary program that works. So what does it mean for intuitive eating to work? And there's an additional subtitle on their book that says the tagline rather is make peace with food, free yourself from chronic dieting forever, rediscover the pleasures of eating. So from their perspective, um, when I read that, that's what it would mean for something to, for this to work, intuitive eating to work. You'll, um, you'll have peace around food, you won't be stuck on this chronic dieting roller coaster, and that you'll rediscover what it means to enjoy eating. So fundamentally, what is intuitive eating? 
for me, it really comes down to the 10 principles. And I will link to the principles within the show notes. Um, There's on the webpage uh, that I'll link to, there's some really short but good definitions or explanations of each of these principles. But I wanted to just um, read the principles to you for the purpose of this podcast. And they are, as as I can understand it, they are intended to be worked, uh, for lack of a better word, in order. So you can't or you shouldn't necessarily work on principle 10 if you haven't worked on principles 1 through 9. They they have a flow to them. So principle 1 is reject the diet mentality. Number 2 is honor your hunger. 3 make peace with food. 4 challenge the food police. Five, discover the satisfaction factor. Six, feel your fullness. Seven, cope with your emotions with kindness. Eight, respect your body. Nine, movement, feel the difference. And ten, honor your health, gentle nutrition. And again, though, there's a description of each of those on the link that I'll put in the show notes. Um, so I was reviewing the blog on the intuitiveeating.org website, and there was a couple of things that jumped out to me that I wanted to share. It, it's definitely not a diet, and it's not a food plan. And there is no promise or illusion of weight loss. And if you, if you do a Google search for intuitive eating, there definitely are people out there that talk about how to lose weight with intuitive eating like and that's not actually the intention of their program Uh, and it's not it's not um, if it's a side effect of the work you do great but it's not actually promised or even the the goal of doing the intuitive eating work again their definition of what it means to work is to find peace with food not be chronically dieting anymore and to enjoy eating so there's nothing in there that talks about needing to lose weight so i think that's worthwhile to note and then a quote from evelyn triboli on the blog uh it was dated september 12th of 2018 she says there is no pass or fail therefore there is no blowing it Rather, it's a journey of self-discovery and connection to the needs of your mind and body. End quote. So it really is, intuitive eating is intended to be, is a personal journey, and it's um, it's going to evolve as you evolve as a person um, and your relationship with food and your body. Um And one of the things that I've used for myself and also with my clients is there's um, a validated instrument, if you will, a validated survey that's been used in academia to measure someone's, um, how aligned they are with the principles of intuitive eating. Um, The, there's two iterations of the scale, I guess you would say, but the the scale has been used in over 90 studies now. Um, It was originally created by Tracy Tilka and Ashley Kroon Van Deist. And I'll link to the original, um, the the second intuitive eating scale. I'll link to the, the academic article within the show notes in case you wanted to check that out. 
So officially, that's a little bit about intuitive eating. So when I'm explaining it to people or talking to potential clients, I wanted to touch on how I like to describe it. Um, So when I think of intuitive eating for myself and my clients, I think of I think of it as a lighthouse in the distance. It is the guiding light that I can use to align my decisions and my intentions. And if I am making choices or veering off the path, I can easily orient myself again to that lighthouse in the distance. Um, And I can be heading in a slightly off-kilter direction and still see that lighthouse. I think that's important, right? Like there's not just one path in my mind that will lead to intuitive eating. In fact, I may never actually get to the, you know, the perfect end goal, which again, it's a personal journey. So I think the the idea behind a journey is that there isn't necessarily an an actual destination. Uh, And so that's why I like this visual of intuitive eating being a lighthouse that I can see in the distance. And so when when I describe it to people, I say, you know, generally I eat when I'm hungry. Generally, I stop when I'm full. Generally, I'm not using food to cope with my emotions. Generally, I'm not avoiding foods out of fear or judgment of those foods. And generally, I'm moving out of a desire to move rather than some sort of sense of obligation. And you'll notice that with all of those statements, I said the word generally. And that's really important because it's not black or white. It's not all or nothing. It's a set of principles. It's a lighthouse in that distance that I can use as um, that beacon of a, a, a thing I can look to to help me make my decisions, but it's not black or white. As as I quoted Evelyn Triboli earlier before, there's no pass or fail. It's You can't blow it. So these following the principles of intuitive eating is not something I do perfectly all the time, and I don't have to do it perfectly all the time. In fact, there probably is no perfect to begin with, right? So I think it's it really isn't black or white and we're so used to living in this space where we have to we're either doing it right or we're doing it wrong but in reality it's there's so much more gray than that and when I try to impl- uh, apply intuitive eating to my life I try to give myself that grace right um, so and as I grow and evolve on my journey from not dieting anymore, how those principles apply to me and how I see them helping me most, that also is changing, right? Um, like in the beginning, I I did choose to follow a slightly more structured fasting um, time. Like I would make it a point to get to 16 hours on a regular basis and now, um, I'm I'm looser with that, right? And now I focus more on really tuning into when I'm hungry and you know the the urge to eat to cope with these crazy emotions resulting from the coronavirus, right? Like those are the things about intuitive eating that are guiding me most right now. Um, but it still helped me two and a half years ago when I was first walking away from diet culture it just helped me in a different way so the beautiful thing about intuitive eating is that it recognizes that it's a journey and 
as I change, I'll notice different things about how intuitive eating as principles can help me. So um, I wanted to just give a couple examples of how I see intuitive eating or how I explain it um, examples of that I can point to. And I think about like people that I that I know, people that I work with who like I never hear them talk about dieting, right? Um, I see them occasionally indulging in sweets or um, having the pizza that is left over from a meeting, but then there's other times where they don't do it. Uh, and to me, that's an example of someone who is eating intuitively, right? Um, I don't know what's going on in their mind, and I don't ever have to talk to them about it. However, it feels like a very stable relationship with food, um, at least from my perspective, right? So I would use them as an example of someone who's probably eating intuitively. Another example is... I think about when children first learn to eat um, and whether it's bottle fed or, or nursing, they, they, like, like, they let us know when they're hungry, they let us know when they're full. As, they're, um, as they move to solid foods, they are, you know, naturally they will sometimes have more of one over another. Like there's we don't have to talk to our young children about macros and finding balance. Um, if left to their own devices, children have that skill within them already. And it's growing up and being a part of diet culture that I think sort of beats that out of them, for lack of a better word. Um, and so, I again, I use people who have just... Um, it seems to be a very healthy relationship with food um, and then also children before they're corrupted by dieting. I use those, uh, I see those as examples of how intuitive eating looks. Uh, and honestly, I can think of that as something like I strive to return to, right? I strive to return to the place where I could, I resemble one of those people. Um so what is then most challenging about getting started with intuitive eating? So you maybe you've been practicing fasting for a little while and you know that you want to have it feel like less of a diet, um, but you're not really sure how to go about it. What's most challenging about intuitive eating? The, the first principle of intuitive eating, which I read through the list earlier, is to reject the diet mentality. And that, you know the principles are intended to be thought of in some sort of an order. So if you can't reject the diet mentality, it's going to be really hard to move on to the other principles to make progress on your own journey. And the majority of the conversations that I feel like I see around intermittent fasting feel very diet focused, right? Like there's a lot of talk about weight loss and inches lost and how quickly can I lose the weight and it's really hard to reject the diet mentality if that's what we're being confronted with all the time. So as you explore intuitive eating for yourself, I think we really need to evaluate uh, our motivations for doing IF. And a question that I've posed to other people is like, if you knew that you weren't going to lose weight on IF, would you still consider it? And for me, um, 
like I've shared on the podcast that I recorded on Jen Stevens' uh, intermittent fasting stories, I talked about how my personal journey of combining intuitive eating and intermittent fasting has led me to gain weight. Um, And if my goal with IF were weight loss, like I would have bailed a long time ago, right? But IF really fits my life. (laughs) And so it's not about the weight loss for me. It's about the other potential health benefits. So as you're exploring your own motivations for IF, rejecting the diet mentality and making sure that you're doing IF for non-diety reasons, um, that's really one of the first keys. Um, So what are those non-weight loss benefits that you're aiming for. And if you focus on addressing those, let your weight figure out for itself where it wants to be. Because um, you w- ultimately, I feel like you want to find a place of peace and not be constantly struggling. And if you're focused on weight loss and inches lost, it's going to be really hard to get to that place of peace. And then um, uh, Another part that's challenging about getting started with IF is normalizing the foods that um, that you've had a challenging relationship with in the past. So a lot of there's a lot of talk about you know feelings of being addicted and whatnot. And I have I've had a conflicted sort of relationship with that concept, um, and my perspectives on it have changed and evolved with time. But fundamentally, if you um, in order to be on this intuitive eating journey, you need to shorten the list of foods that you're afraid of, right? Like the goal should be to um, neutralize or normalize your relationship such that you do feel like you can have moderation. And there are certainly strategies on how to do that, but um, coming from a history of dieting, I see that as being one of the, the more challenging aspects of this work. And and then also um, one last thing that can be challenging is dealing with feelings of fear and uncertainty when you think about what not being on a diet will look like. So when I first gave up dieting, um, I didn't know what it was going to look like to not diet anymore. I didn't know what was going to happen to my weight. I didn't know what was going to happen to my peace of mind. There was a lot of unknown and a lot of fear. Um, But fundamentally, I had to be willing to work through that fear in order to really start down the journey of intuitive eating and making peace with food again, uh, because that peace was definitely gone. And so one aspect of that, I I guess, think about as you evaluate your habits, think about the tools, uh, and I'll use tools in quotes, think about the tools that you use to monitor things, whether it be your fasting apps or your scale. And like, how would you feel if those were taken away? And if you have a sense of fear around what might happen, then I that's something to look at, right? Like you shouldn't be afraid of what's going to happen if you stop weighing yourself. Like that would suggest that the scale has some control over you that ultimately, um, in my opinion, is going to prevent you from truly embarking on an intuitive eating journey. Uh, And maybe it's not something that you tackle now, but it's probably going to have to be looked at 
at some point along your journey if you really want to get to a place of being at peace. So I've shared a lot of different stuff um, in this episode, and if you want to go deeper on any of these topics, definitely participate with initiating some conversations within the Facebook group, Um, and I'll have lots of links in the show notes to check out uh, if you want to dig deeper on the things I mentioned from the Intuitive Eating website or the academic instrument that I mentioned, or um, I'll have a couple links to the books if you wanted to explore it. And I'm looking forward to the conversation that we'll have in the Facebook group as a result of um, this episode. Thanks for listening today, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts in the group. Thanks again for listening to the Intuitively Intermittent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you may be wondering what happens next. Whenever you are ready, here are three additional ways I can support you. First, head over to the Intuitively Intermittent Facebook group. It's made up of people just like you and is a safe space in which to find support and ask questions. Second, the group coaching program based upon my Freedom for Life framework starts up several times a year. The best place to stay informed about that will be in the Facebook group as well. Please share your interest and your email address in the entry questions for the group. Lastly, I do work with a limited number of one-on-one coaching clients. If you resonate with me and my message and want to see if working together is a good fit, please send an email to hello at thiswellseasonedlife.com and I'll reach out to you to set up a time to talk. Enjoy the rest of your day, and remember, your value as a person cannot be measured in inches and pounds.